0: I'm Alexandra Kreis, and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns, went past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So, today I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. Hello, a very warm welcome to Outer Travel Inner Journey. My name is Alexandra, and my guest on the show today is Veronica Layunta Morel. Did I say that right? (laughs) You said it perfectly.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Alexandra. Thank you for having me here.
0: Hello, Veronica. It's so good to finally have you on the mic. You know, as I said (laughs) uh, to you in the private warm up, I love listening to you. I could listen to you. You could be a storyteller in my eyes. You know, you could just become that. But for those who are not familiar with uh, Veronica and haven't read the show notes, Veronica is currently an ayurvedic health co-consultant and yoga teacher but mainly what i get intrigued by she has become a researcher who is writing a phd in that's kind of interjuncted between creative writing and medical science and at the heart of it is she's gonna write a fictional novel and at end while she does that, she's going to use it to prove that fictional writing is a valid way of researching. And at the end, at the heart of it, is one of my favorite topics. It's trauma that has really kind of come into society and into awareness um, in society. So, yes, this is the long introduction. She's currently in nottingham uh, if you want to seek her out please always refer to our show notes you will also find her internet website and other ways of contacting her there so veronica where are we getting started
1: <laughs> well thank you for this introduction is you said it so well so
0: <laughs> well why don't we go through the events of your journey because most of all what i want to show to people is that we always are on a journey and some of the outer events stimulate our inner journeying, our inner experiences and refreshing and refining what's happening inside, which some of us tend to ignore. So yes, Veronica, you started off with, you started off with um, the fact that at some point you got interested in Ayurveda, yeah, and you were fascinated by, you know, the tests and the, the way you, Ayurveda looks at people in a different way than medical science does. And can you maybe repeat that story that you did earlier for me, ha- what the first Ayurvedic practitioner said <laughs> to you in a private consultation?
1: Yes, yes, yes so um i discovered the Yurveda through curiosity and it's one of those it's one of those things that uh, in life that you discover it and then it feels like you're speaking to something very deep inside in a way you've always been there and somebody's reminding you uh, that that um, home you know this place that you can call home so I was doing a yoga teacher training and Ayurveda was named and I was curious because that is one of my problems. I'm always curious about everything. <laughs> and uh, I started researching and you find all the typical quizzes, dosha quizzes um, um, online. And so oh, that's very interesting. I started reading about it. And then eventually, um, actually a colleague, I used to work in the university. I was working as a lecturer back then. And a colleague of mine said oh i found an ayurveda practitioner mm, (laughs) close-ish where we live and i'm based in in nottingham in the uk i said oh let's go let's go let's have a um, consultation so i went to have a consultation and then she started me off on this um detox one of my I didn't think I had a problem is that what's your problem? Uh, Why did you come here? And I said, mm, no, I don't have any problem. I said, oh, OK, then I found out that I my Vata was not very balanced. And <laughs> mm. and um, yeah, so she put me on a detox and um, she put me on a detox and it was fantastic. I felt amazing. I thought, yes, I'm, I love this Ayurveda. Thing. I'm going to just carry on here. Yeah. But One of the things when I came back for my um, follow-up consultation, and uh, if you had the tick list, uh, she, you know, I would have been, or oh, I, I was the, the perfect uh, patient, if we want to call it, and, or client, because, okay, diet, tick, uh, meditation in the morning, tick, your yoga practice, tick, everything was tick, 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 tick. Yeah. And my Ayurveda practitioner said, okay, this is all very good, and you feel fantastic and all that. There's something very fundamental that needs to change in you. Because if you don't change your lifestyle, uh, you are going to become ill. And she said it like that. And I thought, what is this woman? What what do you know? (laughs) What do you know? Well, she did know. She did know. Because after after two years, unfortunately, um, I became very ill with ME, um, also called chronic fatigue syndrome. Um it lasted for about eighteen months and I was lucky to have Ayurveda too and so yeah. so I could recover. But I was calling my Ayurveda practitioner. You were right, can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, and then again Ayurveda, you know, I, I was told that I'd be on a wheelchair for the rest of my life and um mm. a few months later, um, through Ayurveda and uh uh another mind-body-reconnecting practice and and therapy, then I got back to be better than well.
0: Yeah, that is so funny. Um, I think we all come into, Ayurveda, those of us who have an inclination, we hear about it and it offers so much and we get hooked into the idea of food and body practices. If anything, I think... Our society gets more and more hooked on these two junctures, and Ayurveda has so much more to offer, which you found out then a little bit later, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, just Ayurveda became a, you know, a lifestyle, a lifestyle, and something deeper, mm-hmm. and something that is not a, a checklist that you have to take and do. And we have this culture of doing, doing, doing. So. It wasn't about uh, doing more things, but it was maybe doing less, (laughs) but it was about the journey and going inside and uh, all those gems that all that wisdom that was coming. And sometimes you didn't even recognize that it was wisdom, but um, yeah, it was much, it was much, much deeper. And uh, unfortunately (laughs) I discovered um, discovered it the the, the hard way because then I had an accident Mm. Um, a few years later mm. and uh, I had a very severe head injury mm. um, very, very severe mm. and I had you know concussion I had um, brain bleed mm. I um, lost my vision at the beginning it came back mm. and I had horrible headaches and basically it affected my sleep even I would say until not that long ago I've been struggling uh, with that and again, uh, when you look for solutions on, there's a checklist and do all that, it never works. There's something very fundamental. You ha- you still have to do it, you know. You still have to be faithful to this practice. Um, but it's not about what you do, Is what happens underneath, maybe even at the mm-hmm. um, subconscious level, who knows. And then through, when I had this, um, when I had this uh, this accident, this head injury, I was advised by somebody um why don't you uh, start exploring trauma and I said well I just have a, a head injury I just need to go to neurologists and do my ayurveda stuff and mm-hmm. all that and and she said well I had a head injury in an accident a while ago and I wish I knew what I know now and um just start exploring trauma because yeah. it's big you know uh, when something happens like that and maybe you lose consciousness and Somehow, your nervous system, and that's what happened to me, believes you're dead, even though you're not, and ah. you can get stuck into that trauma, wow. so the whole of the body just goes in shutdown. so it's not just the symptoms that you would have because you know you bang your head or something like that's mm-hmm. a more profound, and you can even have symptoms like you know you can go into depression and yeah. um, and being all coming from this, so it's a big trauma, so I started working um on on the traumatic part of having fallen and, and, and with mm. all all what happened. Mm. And that was like a huge portal because through this, through this trauma, all the other all traumas in the past found their way to become conscious and realize, wow, there's so much I need to I need to work on. And that brought me to this idea that when we think of trauma, we think of really bad things happening to somebody like being in a war or um something really huge abused or attacked and that that happens you know that Mm. and that's huge that is huge however um trauma is much deeper than that to the point that i think if you are a human and you're alive and you reach certain age you know sooner or later we're going to be suffering from some trauma, something that's going to completely change um, in the way you see things and maybe not in a positive way at the start unless you work through it. And there exactly. is very, um, there's a big stigma about being, oh, it's traumatized or is the big stigma when well, I think mm. that many people should be looking inside and working through
0: yeah that's why i'm so happy that it's come to the acknowledgement in society i understood through my conversation with adair finucan lately on this podcast that trauma is you know we can all have the same experience let's say our parents get get divorced you know and for some of us it's just a stepping stone into our own strength and seeing our own skills and for some others it is you know the The onset of trauma, which kind of keeps repeating itself in behavioral pattern and psychological pattern in self-neglect and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. So not any experience you can have can lead to a loop. in you and uh, the less you, the more you ignore it that's how i understand mm-hmm. it the more you ignore it the more it gets fed funny enough is that right i mean you're doing yeah. research on it so
1: yeah and and also many many people at least my generation <laughs> mm-hmm. getting there getting you know and say uh, we we've been brought up uh in a way where Trauma is not acknowledged and you have to be strong and you have to, you know, chin up and keep going. And if you, um, if you see yourself as traumatized or if there's a trauma in your life, it's that you're weak, there's something wrong with you. As you say, oh, look, this person has gone through all this and this person is okay. And look at you with this that happened and you are a mess. And there is a big um, stigma about that. And that's why many people, even now that trauma is becoming more and more visible, Mm. even now um it's it's very difficult to take that you know stigma
0: and away yeah there was something that was contradictory in what you said to me or a paradox you said you you said we come from a society of constantly doing and we're trying to produce results that we can measure which is not a bad thing but in some ways we are overdoing and then you said like i discovered uh, you know that I had a traumatic experience, and there was so much I needed to look at. And you know, it sounded almost like you needed to do something. So we're back to doing. How do? How does that fit together with for you? And what do you do when you discover you are tra- traumatized?
1: Um, well, there's various things that that you that you can do, and there's so many paths. Uh, I I went through the path of somatic experiencing somatic experiencing therapy. I found a beautiful therapist and beautiful woman, very wise, who was very attuned in uh, all my yogi principles as well and the way my the way I see the world and um and I can tell you my first um my first experience with her I thought and by the way it was all because she wasn't local so everything was um through Skype. You know, in back then Skype was the main thing, mm-hmm. and it was at first there was this part of me that was thinking, this woman, I'm paying this money for this woman to tell me to breathe, to breathe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to look, to look mm-hmm. around, to move my arm. I mean, I'm a yoga teacher. Why yes. am I doing that? <laughs> hey, what? Am I the worst yoga teacher in the world? I can't even do these things to myself. And then I was thinking, well, but I do that every day. I do my practice every day. I do this. I teach people to do this. You know, what is this? And towards, um, towards the end of the session, when I was thinking, this is just very silly and not achieving anything here. Again, you know, that sense of achievement and doing. and Because it was not doing. It was <laughs> very simple. It was being. It was being supported. It was being seen. It was being um, held. Mm. And at the end of the session, I started, my whole body was shivering, shaking, visibly shaking, shaking, shaking. Mm. And that was part of that trauma being reintegrated in the body. There's this idea that, um, I don't know if you're uh, aware of Dr. Peter Levin, and he was Mm -hmm. the founder of experiencing, and this is idea that um, trauma lives in the body. So Mm -hmm. the body reintegrating everything. And when I felt myself shaking that way, and I got a blanket and um, my therapist was holding the space for me there. So yeah, this is something very profound. And this is something that goes beyond the doing and the thinking. This is something that you, that's why it's called experiencing. This is something that you experience and it's very difficult to put in words. And it's, you know, the doing is necessary. If you don't do this breathing, if you call it doing, or you, <laughs> if you don't do, you know, because one of the things with trauma is that you can get into, into the freeze uh, mm. state, which yes. you know, is, you, you might look all right, but you're actually just not, you're just you know yeah. so afraid and, and so shocked, still living the shock. And that's one of the things that happened to me after the head injury, I, mm. I went into this shock, you know, and this freeze. Um, But is so important to see that everything that you're doing, that's not the goal is not in the done thing, in the thing. that is what happens while you do it at a very deep level. And in the, the, the big and the big, big topic of surrender, you know, the yogic topic of surrender mm-hmm. that sometimes um, is very easy to understand intellectually. but embodied is a different story and is a process It's a process. And something that um, I'm welcoming more and more is the concept of grace, grace, there's some things that just been given, yeah. but you have to do the work. So there's the, the, the doing, you have to do the work, but the aim is not what you achieve by the work is what happens underneath.
0: Yeah, and for those who are not coming from the spiritual con- connotation to listen to this podcast, I mean, to do the work, maybe we can just define it a little bit as to do the work is a way of becoming awake and aware and not trying to flake out and be multitasking and busy on a shallow level, but to allow emotions to arise and to ar- allow physical sensations to arise without being judgmental and absorbing it, right? It's about noticing what's going on with you and still being able to exist after. My Tantra Mm -hmm. teacher always says, like, you know, uh, you you can get an SMS from your consciousness or from your body. And what you often do is you make it a letter, you know, so just take that as an SMS and as an notification of, okay, this is, we're shaking now, so this is coming up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that the, how you would define do the work or?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with the way, you know, you, you, you've uh, described it very well. I, for me, do the work is, do, Oh, let me see it's, it's a very profound question now and you've you've just defined it um described it so well is you need to do what you need to do you know and you need to follow mm-hmm. your path so mm-hmm. for example in my case i do my Dinacharya, i do my ayurveda habits i um i do my yoga yes. practice all this is important but they're not just important because i get something done
0: mm-hmm.
1: is while I do it, there's something else happens that I can't even explain, but there's something else at a different level that happens. But that wouldn't happen without me getting up early in the morning, doing my practice, preparing, you know, having, um, feeding my body with um, good food and good nutrients. If I only focus on, oh, I have good nutrients and then that's it, that's all. Well, that that's not everything. Hmm. or oh I've done my bed why things are not working out yeah like you were
0: saying in the beginning like you know I mean you can tick all the obvious ayurveda boxes that have come up through so many self-help books as well and it's not even scratching the surface of what Ayurveda means to us exactly, exactly. at this point, yeah.
1: So when, in in terms of doing the work, you still have to do it because then, when you work on the surface, it's very easy to say, "Oh, that doesn't work anyway. I don't have to do it." No, you still have to do it because it does work. It's like um, it's a portal. You know, I'm going to bring something. Is a very very strange um, <laughs> idea. Is I watched this video podcast um, a couple of weeks ago it was an interview to this researcher called Donald Hoffman. I don't know if you've heard of him. And I hadn't. It was sent to me. Oh, I think you're interested in this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it was sent to me. And this researcher, I think, is in the University of California. I think um, he is a specialist in mathematics, He's a mathematician and um artificial intelligence okay Mm -hmm. and then you're like okay but he's exploring the um the field of consciousness Hmm. and he's got a book that is called the case against reality i think and so what he's talking about is that what you perceive from yourself or another person is far away from what we really are so we have no idea we have really no idea what happens is that in our world and for evolution, in order not to be extinct and to survive in this material world where we live, um, we need to be very pragmatic and we need to create a world, uh, where we can function. So it's not, you know, he said, he said all my colleagues think that the brain got so evolved, the human brain evolved so much that created consciousness, But he says, I think consciousness existed before the brain. Consciousness created the brain. And uh, what we see are icons. He gave this example of uh, a computer, you know, when you go to a word document, you just go to, you see the icon, you click and then you write. But if you had to be aware of everything, you know, behind underneath in order for all those connections and, and programming, you could never ever write a word document so is in our best interest to simplify yeah. life to dumb it down a little bit and yeah. what we see in reality or material world is this icon and this but this icon is a portal to higher um mm-hmm.
0: now,
1: to what we really are to that um, mm. co- bigger consciousness and he says we all have what is called um what what he calls a uh, conscious agent behind so everyone we are realities so huge and so vast that every exploration that we do everything that we do is only an exploration It's only a portal we're opening Mm -hmm. portals and I like I brought this concept to all this Ayurveda undoing and all this because I that's the way I, I interpret it is when you do your yoga practice, when you do, or, or whatever practice, you No, know, for some people will be walking or swimming or connecting, you know, with nature, when you do your practices, maybe, maybe you're opening a portal to that bigger consciousness or bigger reality that you are. And that's where the change happens rather than in that icon. When yeah. we get stuck to the icon, which is yeah. only practical, yeah. is where we get stuck into the doing Mm. instead of seeing your daily practice as honoring um a bigger reality that we are and we might not even be aware um, yeah that, that we are i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> this is total <laughs> what, what i'm uh,
0: what i'm hearing you say on a scientific le- level if i would need to reframe it i i'm thinking of joe dispenser if someone is familiar mm. who's listening and he talks about the plasticity of our brain. So, I mean, you, you said the brain isn't even the thing, you know, but yeah. if we want to use the brain more effectively, we need to to open up um, and look already at the results that we want to achieve. And what I'm hearing this person saying, the way you, you know, the the author of that book, Donald, well, who was it? it? Hoffman. 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 Is saying almost like there is there is an extent that goes even further out. We need to take an awareness that there is a higher power, and uh, in in surrendering to that higher power, we are managing our own egos a bit better. You know, then the ego. It, I saw the icon as an as the ego, the mm. ego who wants to get the results and who wants to have status and wants to have. I don't know. Um, whatever we want to have with our ego mind, egoic mind, but if we use the ego um, to do practices, if we train ourselves to do these practices to open up into a greater connection beyond Mm -hmm. the neural pathways, we are on on the way of uh, evolution. We are evolving into into a bro- greater merging of reality. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And that, that's, what, that's what he was saying. And I think that he was saying that um, all these concepts have been yogi and spiritual concepts for millennia. But somehow he has come up uh, with this theory through maths. Uh, that is just, is just through it's maths and, and through science, you know, through numbers is able to prove all these yogi you know uh, concepts and it seems amazing it seems amazing to me
0: it doesn't seem so much amazing to me because there is also i mean it is amazing (laughs) yes full stop it is amazing because we underestimate math but i'm living together with a math and physics you know, geek and
1: so <laughs> he might be interested. You <laughs> he, he
0: already know so much. He, he, The two of you could probably have a conversation about that book. Um But and he could even explain it to you within the blink of an eye, I suppose. But there is this sacred uh, math um, that we haven't kind of acknowledged in all our Hatha yoga world movement. You know, like a lot of people need to come back to their bodies. We are so much in the mind, and very few are able to use the mind to the capacity of seeing sacred symbols in in our day-to-day world and reality. That's what I'm hearing you say, and um, yeah, sacred math is the acknowledgement of that there is rhythmic algorithms that we never understand, uh, that we can't understand from what we call two plus two is four, you know, but it's Mm. like there is a different patterning in it. And so, yeah, once we decode that, we are coming closer to... It's yeah.
1: amazing. I just see the way I see it is that I am um, what helped me is to honor the mystery as well to to honor the yes. mystery yeah and yeah that is probably my not focusing on the doing is honoring that honoring the mystery that that we are and mm. and yeah and working from the heart, you know, which is another big, (laughs) big, big topic, very, yeah.
0: Yeah, and open up and um, be vulnerable, Mm. Yes. because if we're not vulnerable, I mean, if you wouldn't be sitting here and talking about something really bad that happened to you and you know the ignorance that came in advance the same with me when i became a yoga teacher <laughs> mm-hmm. and then i had to find out that there is so much more i needed to change besides my posture uh, and my fitness levels um uh, yeah yeah it's-
1: and i and in the name of uh, vulnerability as well it's just uh, um it's something i i i read that as well um not long ago, somebody in, in I think Twitter somewhere, um, there is this concept of lived experience. So, mm-hmm. um, there was a time where if you, were, if you were a therapist of some sort of you, a coach, you were helping people or a doctor, you had to hide your own wounds because mm-hmm. that was, uh, okay, if you can't sort yourself out, how are you going to help anyone else? You know, that was this idea. Your credibility would go just down the drain. While well, now more and more Um, is part is because I have been there or because I'm even there, I can understand, I can empathize, I can help you find solutions together. Um, And this is the thing is it's a great um, aspect of any coach. And, you know, in in our case as well, when we work with health coaching or yoga health coaching, and Mm. it's, uh, it's very important that we've gone through the journey. And uh, what I'd like to add is not just um, the value of lived experience, but the value of living experience. Because I can tell you, it's not only, oh, yeah, that happened to me in the past, and then I found Ayurveda, and then everything, you know, and I did my, my uh, trauma mm, therapy, and everything was perfect from then on. It's living experience, because we are human beings. Mm. and we keep evolving and learning, and sometimes we feel that like we go backwards, and sometimes we we still suffer. Mm. And um, it's not oh, once you discover it, then that's it. Everything, everything yeah.
0: is it. It's an ongoing evolution and journey. Yeah, how long ago was that when you had the head injury? How many years is that now? The head injury
1: was in two thousand. Let me think. Head injury was two thousand and seventeen. So not that long ago.
0: Not that long ago. And then I remember, I mean, we know each other about the three years, I think that, that uh, now between that accident or incident and, <laughs> and now and then I remember how you had to honor so many times not being capable of, mm. you know, marching forward in the community. We both found each other uh, yeah. and had to really value your own experience and making all these inputs probably also more subtle. That's my... Um, that's what I see when I see you and hear you you know it's it's the nuances you had to already reframe and live through besides other people trying to build the frame you know and you're in the a little bit caught in the nuances yeah
1: and I think something that we all you know have to do just find your find your own way and it sounds a bit of a cliche you know find your own way and but mm-hmm. it, it's harder than what it looks when you live in a world sometimes of expectations and and sometimes those expectations come from yourself, you know. And if you are anything like me with this, you know, fire and nature as well and having lots of ideas and wanting to achieve all these things, it's not easy to think, right, you know, I've had this accident. This is happening now to me. I need to modify the way I work uh, and, and I do it not because... I do it as a no because um I have to, and I don't have any other choice. I do have a choice. I could just keep going and then you know, who knows what would happen, but I'm doing it as an a profound act of love towards myself, and I think this is one of the big teachings for me um what does it really mean to love yourself, what does yeah. it really mean, and sometimes mm-hmm. it comes against what you desire the most sometimes you know or what h- how you had imagined um
0: your work could be. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. One thing I'd like to know, I don't ask every guest, but mm, we talked about perfection and doing and results in this conversation mm-hmm. before. And then we always feel also that when we look at superheroes these days, you know, they they have a gift we want to have. And I read a beautiful book, which was like, all my friends are superheroes.' and in fact what the author andre kaufmann is pointing out is that we all have something in yoga we call it dharma or a calling or whatever you want to call it your gift we do have something that we innately always do and carry with us and we might not be so proud of it would you kind of gift us with your gift have you noticed what is your superpower as such you know
1: <laughs> that's uh that's a very interesting question because it's uh, actually an um ongoing oh just give me a second. Yeah. So it's an uh it's an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing journey, especially for somebody who's got got many um different you know, as I said, I'm very curious. <laughs> and there's um different facets in, in what I do. But I can tell you that if it's something if you if you talk about innate or very early years in my life and something that's been with me and I feel is a gift to me and, and, and maybe maybe to others, hopefully, is uh, my storytelling and writing. And whatever I do, and I think that's why I've ended up doing now this research on, on creative writing and, and storytelling mm. and writing this novel because whatever I do from any angle, I end up writing stories. I end up in um, exploring the world through story. and it doesn't matter how many different avenues so I think that's what it is
0: wonderful we need stories so much Um, I always liked reading books and we need them because we lost the uh, we lost that communal thing of sitting by the campfire and us right where we heard stories and where there was no distraction and where we knew this was partly true and partly not true but um, made it sort of in our brains and activate yeah. our creativity.
1: Yeah. And feel alive. And feel alive. And feel, and alive. feel alive, yeah. And that's part of, um, I feel this is an important part of my mission <laughs> on <laughs> this on this world, really, just bring that, bring back that value of storytelling. And, you know, my, my thesis, probably the, the the title will change a thousand times before I finish anyway. But the the start point is um, the the healing power of storytelling um, is all related to trauma, but is in in regards to reauthoring your identity, Mm -hmm. reauthoring your identity, Mm -hmm. so how through stories You reauthor that identity that maybe has been defined by different parameters that have nothing to do with you and what is good for you, either society or parents or in the case that I'm studying um, intergenerational. So maybe even war events or the past events or where you work or what your friends do because we're social beings. So reauthoring, reauthoring because for as long as you keep stuck in a particular story of trauma There's no healing possible. And I believe that reauthoring that story, retelling it, and that implies fiction. Maybe you need to make it up. Maybe you'll Mm -hmm. describe things not as they were exactly. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Maybe you make them up. Maybe you use your imagination. Maybe this imagination is connecting with that bigger reality of who you are. I don't know. This is all my (laughs) my musings, but I feel very connected to this work.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for reauthoring your story in this podcast <laughs> for our listeners and um, sharing some valuable times and thoughts with me. Mm. Veronica. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Alexandra. It's a pleasure and really a privilege to be here.
0: Yes. Anything you want to leave with the listener a word of advice, a myth you want to debunk, or
1: <laughs> We've talked about so so many things. I think that what I would like to um, leave you with is uh, when we explore, if we are, you know, if we when we explore ourselves and maybe our potential traumas or real traumas, just bring that sense of playfulness and I'm being very careful using this word because I know when you are deep into trauma when horrible things have happened to you is you know it's not funny it's not funny so I'm not talking about funny but about just feeling that anything that um, you're going through even when it feels the worst thing ever can be a portal to who you really are and a portal for healing for you and for others And even when we don't see it, when we are stuck in the suffering, having that gate open to that mystery that I said before, that different reality that is possible but you cannot still imagine it, just knowing that it's there waiting for you and Mm. open to that.
0: Yeah. And trust a little bit more. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
1: Big word, yeah, trust.
0: Yes, big word, trust. And creativity and playfulness. Hmm. Well, thank you again. And have a beautiful week, Veronica and dear listener, and I see you on the next show. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation.